Welcome to Bonus 64. This is the Patreon-exclusive show where we talk about something that's related to the Nintendo 64, but not necessarily the Nintendo 64. Uh, today, uh, we are talking about Animal Crossing, and my name is Steve Guntley. I'm ceding the floor to the experts. What is the scout? <laughs> and the expert in question is... Here, it's me, Michaela, the oh most my Animal God. Crossing fan. Michaela has been champing at the bit, or even <laughs> even chomping. She's been doing both at that bit. Like, that bit is torn I'm to pieces. of the bit. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, because you've been so excited to talk about Animal Crossing, and we just absolutely yeah. could not have done this without you. So Yay. I appreciate your expertise on this. Um, so why are we talking about Animal Crossing right now? Well, two reasons. First of all... Uh, we're coming up on the release of the newest game in the series, Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's coming out on the Switch uh, within the same, I think uh, the same week. eight weeks. days. Oh, it'll be, okay, eight days from when we're recording. So yes. it'll be like the day after this releases. Yes. Uh, so, so you, you should be. it now. Yeah. You probably got it in your Lucky hot little hands. Uh, and so I thought it would be a good time to reflect on this series because this series is unexpectedly massive. Uh, it was a big surprise and it started on the N64. It didn't make it to that system here in the States, but it is where it started. So I thought it would be a good time to dig into the warm and wonderful world of Animal Crossing. Perhaps and- the, the second biggest franchise that started on the N64 behind Smash Brothers? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Because Goldeneye never got that big. Mar- Mar- well, Mario Kart didn't start there. Yeah, right. yeah, you're right. Um, and we're still waiting on that sequel to win back Covert Ops. Yeah. So any any minute now, yeah. Uh, Mace, that game might be good. Age. I don't know. <laughs> Mace-er, the Dark-er-ager. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, this one became kind of an unlikely cultural phenomenon. So let's dig into the history and development of a little bit. And then... I'm going to be letting Michaela talk a lot because she's played this game so much and her experience with this is amazing. So uh, let's start off with the history. Animal Crossing first debuted in Japan as Dobutsu no Mori or Animal Forest uh, on the Nintendo 64 in 2001. And that game was developed by Katsuya Iguchi, who took inspiration from, of all things, Diablo. Uh, He really liked the random dungeon generation, and he liked the communication element of talking to the villagers. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of wanted to build a game just around that mechanic. So the very cute and cuddly world of Animal Crossing (laughs) is related directly to Diablo. Uh, The developers of this game were fresh off the success of Yoshi's Story, and they were kind of looking to find another franchise that could appeal to a broad demographic, kind of like that game did. So this is one of the earliest and sadly only examples of a studio making an active effort to recruit more female developers to their team. They were explicitly seeking out female developers, and there weren't a lot in Japan at this time because reasons, Mm -hmm. but they did get seven women on the team, which was a pretty large uh, percentage for the time. And they specifically wanted these women to help develop or drive the development of the game to make it have the broadest possible appeal. Mm. Um, They didn't want this to be specifically a game for girls. Like I think Harvest Moon and other games similar to this try to lean into that. Like, oh, this is the one for girls and this is the one for boys. It's not an overtly girly game, but it's made with a a female audience partially in mind. There's certainly not much action. No, no, definitely not. Um, so yeah, uh, it's pretty cool that they had that. Either way, that, that is one of the uh, few times that a company has actively sought out female uh, developers. So this game was marketed in Japan as a communication game, which is as good a term as any. Uh, the N64 version, it was a solid success, but it was never. It was kind of late in the life cycle of the system at that point. So Nintendo ordered a high-resolution remake called Dobutsu no, no Mori Plus, and that debuted on the GameCube eight months later, and that is the version that we got over here in the States. So on the surface, uh, there aren't really that many differences between Animal Forest and Animal Crossing, and we actually played a little bit of both. So there is um, 
I mean, there's a ROM floating out there of the Japanese animal forest with a fan translation. And, you know, this is a game that has an absurd amount of text. So we didn't play very long. And eventually you start getting items where the names have not been translated and are just Japanese characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was interesting to play it just to see what the differences are. Um, it's certainly not... You know, it, this is the version on N64, but it's you have no need to really go back to it and experience it since the GameCube one is essentially an identical game, just better. Yeah, yeah. That's the interesting thing to look at. Like, uh, anyone familiar with the look of this game knows this is not a graphical powerhouse. Mm-hmm. This is not a series that would have been impossible to pull off on the Nintendo 64. I mean, the N64 version <coughs> looks really great, like, compared yeah. to the GameCube version, they're almost indistinguishable aside from issues of smoothness Mm -hmm. like it it was really i mean it is a very clean and like colorful looking game on the n64 yeah for sure audio is better on the gamecube one i think the biggest thing we were missing in the n64 version let's see so we we didn't have the museum we didn't have the able sisters Mm -hmm. in their fabric shop and we had what did you find when you were um, looking around so there's a shrine that isn't in the gamecube version and basically what it does is um it'll give you tasks or like places to find treasure and it'll also let you apologize so Mm. if you get a task from a villager and you can't finish it you can go to the shrine to apologize whenever you play a game with apology as like a (laughs) mechanic you know that's a japanese game oh it's either by japanese or a canadian developer (laughs) yeah well most definitely Yeah, so I, it, it was cool to go back and revisit it and see how what could have been well, like this. Or visit it. Or visit it. Is we never played it. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Go visit it for the first time. But it's cool to see it. And uh, it definitely, like, I mean, if this had come out a year earlier, I think it could have easily come the N64 and been like a smash hit on that system. But uh, timing wasn't quite right. But, you know, if you want to play this on your N64, you can find this ROM. It's pretty close to the GameCube version. Pretty cool. Um, and I don't think anyone in the world expected Animal Crossing to be as big of a hit as it became. But it was uh, such a weird sleeper hit uh, for something that's so mild-mannered and frankly kind of hard to explain. Like, how do you sell this game to someone? Like, what do you do? It's like, oh yeah, it's a game where you go and you live your life and you do chores and you pay your mortgage and you talk to your neighbors (laughs) and sometimes you catch bugs. Like... How do you sell that? But it caught on in a big, big way. This went on to sell more than 3 million copies. It is the fifth best-selling GameCube game on the entire platform. And the secret to all of this, women. Yeah! Go women! Who knew? Uh, who knew? If people just start listening to women and developing games that women would like, they might play games. And then you would make money for your game, too. Yes, so, yes. Look at this. Win. Yeah, amazing that this what hasn't been copied more concept. often. I know, amazing. According to a 2012 report, uh, nearly 60% of pre-orders on Animal Crossing New Leaf for the 3DS were women. And 56% of the people polled thought or they, they were saying they bought the 3DS specifically for this game. And many of them said that this was their first game console ever. Uh, so it's literally introducing video games to a whole new demographic, which I absolutely love. Um, and yeah, like, and it did all that without marketing itself to women specifically. It never was. It just, it's a game that just appeals to kind of everybody. Um, did you know there was a movie 
Yes. It, yeah. Okay. You, have you seen it? Is it any <laughs> yeah. good? Well, it wasn't. There's. No, there were no subtitles. Oh. Um, so. so this is this is animated, right? It's yes. an anime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Because actually, I would be very curious to see the live action Animal Crossing. They made it. It's called Garbage Pail Kids, oh. and it's beautiful. Um, the actual movie is very cute. It was floating around the forums, which I'll get into later. Yeah. But when it came out, and there wasn't like a dubbing or a subbing, so we all just sort of watched it and were like, "This is cute." Yeah. I mean, it was released theatrically in 2006 over in Japan. It was a solid, like, box office hit. But weirdly, the series has always been much, much bigger over here than it's been in Japan. Mm. And it's interesting because this does have a very Japanese kind of flavor to it. It's um, very kawaii. Yeah, yeah, very cool. <laughs> it's like a kawaii atso film, you know, <laughs> like adorable Tokyo story or something. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, it's a lovely little series. Um which makes it even stranger that uh, a couple of characters from this have appeared in Smash Brothers. Because this is a very pacifistic, nonviolent game. But you can play as Villager or Isabel. And uh, Isabel in Ultimate, by the way, is like brutal, like oh, super OP. It's kind of ridiculous. That, that fishing rod attack that like sneaks up behind you and does so much damage. That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, and they, they've, there's a great Smash Brothers level that kind of uses the internal clock kind of like the GameCube does. Yeah. Where, depending on the time of day, you could play at a certain time and get a K.K. Slider concert in the background of I your stage. I didn't know that about that level. Yeah, isn't that cool? That is cool. Yeah, it changes depending on when you play on it. So it's it's pretty rare to see that concert, but I've, I've seen it a few times. It is, yeah, it is worth noting that this is one of the earlier games. I think it's one of the only games for the Nintendo 64 that uses a clock as a mechanic. Yes. I think there's a battery built into Pokemon Stadium 2, but since we haven't played that yet for the system, I don't exactly know why. Yeah, um, I don't. I haven't played that one at all. I played what Pokemon other games, just not even for the Nintendo 64, but in general use the internal clock uh, as it was a mechanic? A, it was a big deal in Pokemon Silver and Gold because there were sometimes you could only catch Pokemon at night. Mm. Um, and the, the trade-off of that is now whenever you find a silver or gold cartridge, the save date on it will be dead mm-hmm. because the batteries die. Mm. Um, that was the big one that I remember. I imagine most Harvest Moon games will use it at this point. And, well, I think Harvest Moon works more in its own internal system, oh, like yeah. more like Stardew right. Valley. Yeah, happen really quickly. Enough. Yeah, um, I can't think of too many others. I know I can. <laughs> the game I'm thinking of that you have to play at a certain time of day is Boktai. The sun oh, is yeah. in your hand, where you have to go out and use the solar reflector on the cartridge well, if you to lived, charge. If you lived in Alaska, you could play it like it. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there is. There was also an annoying thing of like a lot of systems, sort of around that time, like early disk-based systems, made you set the internal clock. Like every time I boot up, boot up my Saturn. Yeah, it's like we don't remember what time it is. Will you set it again? I'm like, why do you need this? Yeah, yeah, because I don't think the dream the Dreamcast was always making me do that too. Yeah, and I don't I think know. it needs it for anything. No. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting mechanic, and we'll get into that in a second. But let's talk about this actual game, Animal Crossing, released September 16th, 2002, developed and published by Nintendo, and it is a GameCube exclusive here in the states. Uh, so let's talk about the people that live in the village. So when I was kind of going through, I was looking up who my characters are, and I was like, why is it hard to tell which characters are mine? It's because they're different every time. And I didn't realize this. I thought there were only like these seven characters. But you said, Michaela, you say there's like 50-something characters. Oh, yeah, that's and just it's... a guesstimate, but there are like a lot of them, and they keep adding new ones every game. Yeah. So are these the villagers that you meet or the people that you play as? The villagers that you meet. You never play as like an animal. Right, okay. But there are a so couple. The premise, is, yeah. the premise of this game is that you are a human, mm-hmm. and you just randomly are leaving home on yeah. a train. Well, we mm-hmm. read the letters last night that, like, I had from my fake mom and fake dad in the <laughs> game. There's some sort of sad backstory, but it, you have to sort of piece it together yourself, and you can uncover it like you do most things in this game over time. 
because it's not like Stardew or it's not like Stardew Valley or Harvest Moon where like someone dies and get, leaves you some land because no. you still have to go buy your land. Your mom kind of hints at maybe some like marital distress between your mom <laughs> no. and your dad in her letters, but oh. it's never, you really have to dig deep for There's that. There's so kind many of stuff Nintendo insane. games that have weird like domestic mm-hmm. backstories, like yeah. where's the dad in Pokemon? Mm-hmm. What's going on with your dad in Earthbound? Yeah. You just yeah. yeah. Oh, He's always you, on the phone. Yeah. If you talk to one of the Able sisters, the one who's always sewing in the back, who's a little bit angry, if you talk to her every day, she she reveals her tragic backstory mm. and the tragic backstory of the Able sisters, but that could take months. It can take a little time. So you're on this train, and mm-hmm. they you decide, okay, I'm just going to move to this town that's full of animals because I don't know where else I'm going to go. And then immediately you just buy a house yeah like as you do in real life first thing you, you do as soon as you get a new town you're like oh yeah i have enough money to buy a house that's yeah. how it works um and then this little uh what is he a raccoon he's a raccoon he's a tanuki technically yeah, but yeah, yeah he's he's a raccoon tom for our purposes nook. but yeah. tom nook tom nook is uh probably the most famous character in this series right yeah. i would say maybe our besides capitalist yeah yeah he's a ruthless uh blood-sucking capitalist <laughs> but he's the first person you meet he runs the local store and uh, he sells you the house or rather he gives you a loan of about uh, 18,000 bells but he gives it to you before you, you he's like yeah. here's your house give me money for it and then he's like oh you don't have enough it's 20,000 well firstly your character is kind of a dick for just assuming oh a thousand bells this should be enough for this house like <laughs> yeah. don't even ask you just assume uh, but yeah so Tom Nook agrees to let you have the house but you have to work off your debt uh, by taking a part-time job at Nook's Cranny, which is his little store. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes up upgrades. the early hours of the game. Oh, right. Yeah, it upgrades yeah, so over time. so it's Nook's Cranny, and then I think it's like Nook's Convenience Store, and then it's Nookington's, mm-hmm. and then it's Nookingdale's or something then like that. Then it's Nook Corp, and it's yeah. taking over everything. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Hostile the, takeovers. Actually, it's called Nook Inc., and they're the company that funds you to travel to uh, your island. And then, so you go on Nook Inc. Airlines to travel to okay. your horizons. Okay. And then in 50 years, it's Wayland yutani mm-hmm. and they start sending <laughs> exploratory ships out into space. They bring back something, and then they try and clone it, and Ripley has to kill them all. It's yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there are a couple of characters that are going to be consistent every time you come to the village, because there are some that have certain jobs. So like, Pelly uh, runs the post office in town? In the with, daytime, and the In the daytime, right. Phyllis runs it at night. Oh, okay. And it's very important. To, the post office is where a lot of business takes place. And then, like, the Able sisters that we mentioned mm-hmm. run the fabric store. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple. There's Mayor Tortimer. Mm-hmm. And then, as for people who are just living in town, that's going to be random. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in my village, I had two cats. I had Mitzi and Monique. I had I two bears. I had Dozer and Cody. Oh. I had a surly rhino named Spike. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's it. Did you have an athletic character? A character that was like, I love lifting. And no. I think maybe sp- I thought Spike was kind of that because he's but wearing like a tough t-shirt. If you don't like have one of those t-shirt. people in the town, it means you're that person. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Okay. <laughs> yeah, that describes me. Got to go lift, bro. Yes. Um, yeah, so, yeah. And then uh, who else? We have the, the cops, uh, oh, yeah. Copper and yeah. Booker. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there are a few characters that are going to be consistent. And then your Gulliver, map, your Gulliver. guys. The the map layout is going to be it's randomized, right? So every yeah. time you start a new village, it's going to be a different layout mm-hmm. of the map. Not in New Horizons, though. No, it's going to be the same one every time. Oh, you terraform in New Horizons. Yeah, you can build. Well, a you'll get a choice between three maps when you start up the game, is the rumor, and then you can also terraform your own map. So 
pretty exciting. Okay, okay. I think, uh, and, you know, and characters come and go, too. So, like, mm-hmm. the characters that you start with in the game are not going to be there the entire time. Yeah, unless you force them to stay. Okay, yeah, unless you force them at gunpoint <laughs> to stay. You tie them up and put them in your basement. Yeah. Or you yeah. just write them really nice letters. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, occasionally, like, K.K. Slider will come to town yeah, and do a concert. Yeah, every Saturday night. Yeah, and, uh, mis- and then the other notable character is Mr. Rossetti. So, <laughs> Mr. Rossetti is an angry mole who will show up at your house and yell at you for a very, very long, unskippable dialogue yep. uh, if you either fail to save your town properly or if you change the internal clock. Mm-hmm. Very frowned upon. Yeah, very frowned upon. This game spends a lot of time saving and fiddling around with memory cards. It is, That's yeah. sort of a major mechanic mm-hmm. to this game. This game does a lot of ambitious things that are sort of beyond, certainly far, I mean, they're beyond the scope of the GameCube and feel very beyond the scope of the N64. Oh, yeah. So it's crazy mm-hmm. what they were attempting. But we'll get into the, some of those in a little bit, I think. So let, let's try and describe this game and the experience of playing this game. So, like, I think the first thing you need to do is kind of resign yourself to being in debt at the beginning. But mm-hmm. this is kind of one of the only times you have an actual goal in the game necessarily or like an like a like yeah, a specific I mean, your mission first goal is to pay off your house and then your next goal is to expand your house mm-hmm. um and then you get a golden statue and then i think it's up to you your goal can be to fill the museum or to get be the first person to get a billion bells which just happened a few days ago wow um so yeah some in real life yeah someone in just real got life, a bill- oh my god the first guy to get a billion bells um in yeah. original Animal Crossing mm-hmm. or in it? Wow. In, uh, I mean, in the GameCube. Oh, Animal the GameCube. Crossing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would take so long. Yeah. So well, many it shows. Did. It took yeah, it took 20 years. 15 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, the first couple of hours were just dedicated to paying off your debt. So mm-hmm. you need to send Tom Nook a thousand bells a week uh, just to keep up with your mortgage, and then you can do the rest. I took a different tack, and I just went real, real hard mm-hmm. on paying off my debt, and I got my debt paid off, like, within a few hours. Uh, so if you really want to get that over with and just not have to worry about it, that's something you so can how do. Can you, how can you make money in this game? Like, what, what do you actually do to give, get money to pay him? Well, so a lot of it is selling stuff back to Tom Nook himself. So he will buy most everything that you find around town. Mm-hmm. So I found the quickest way to start making money was to go down to the beach and collect shells because they tend to be worth a couple hundred bells a piece. So it's weird. So like, who is buying this stuff? If you guys just live in the town and that's the <laughs> no, only Nook's people, buying this stuff. but who's buying no, it from him? Oh, exactly. Your villagers. Yeah, but they're literally one screen down from the villager's house. They're closer to the villager than for you. It's so they easy to just go down and pick up your own shells, too. Yeah. They're, they're right there. They don't know how to do it. Okay. Yeah. They, they can't reach the ground. Nuke is, or Nuke is like rooking all of them right now. Mm-hmm. He's like pulling some shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what I did. And I went real hard on that. And I just paid off my house. And now I kind of don't know Congrats. what to do. You can expand your house. You can collect bugs and Oh, that's, that's right. He is expanding my house currently. He said you I can, should check back tomorrow. You can run air for your villagers um you could travel to other towns you could write in your diary you could collect rare furniture you could go to all the different events they have throughout the year there's so much i I, I think we need to stop here and and let michaela talk about her experience (laughs) playing this game (laughs) because like you just found your memory card your original memory card for this game that, that was huge um so i thought my memory card with my original game on it was just lost to time but we found it a couple days ago so it was weird amazing yeah i was telling woody that i i probably spent more time in my animal crossing town than i did in like some actual homes i've lived in because i moved so much so it was like it was it was a little emotional going back because that was from like 2005 yeah yeah so. That's insane. It said like something. It opened with 154 weeks or yeah. something. Yeah. The, the one or gimmick months. of this game is 
characters will tell you how long it's been since you've come back. And they were saying, oh, Michaela, we haven't seen you in 154 months. (laughs) It's insane that they remember that, though. That's great. That's amazing. But they're still, they're like dogs. They're like, after the initial, like, what what took you so long? They're like, well, welcome back. Hi, I missed you. And your town is overrun with weeds. Yeah, um, that has happened. And my home, bef- you didn't see it because I cleaned it before we played today, but it was overrun with cockroaches. Really? That, that can happen? Yeah, that okay. happens. And then you have to run and like squish them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that's the worst thing you can do. If you squish them, their egg sac gets caught on your shoe. And their little ghosts go up in the sky when you squish them. They're little I like to think you're crushing Pikmin. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. a nice little tie-in. So what was your favorite thing to do in this game, Michaela? Like, how did you pass the, the time in the animal in my town? In my town. Yeah, my town is called My Town all caps one word mm-hmm. um i well i guess a little background um i was homeschooled for a couple years if you couldn't already tell and um i bought <laughs> how could this- people tell that, <laughs> that would be a real reach. Uh, i bought this game with my own money through my mom's help on ebay mm-hmm. she was big into ebay and i always loved simulation games like i knew i liked the sims but i wasn't allowed to play it because it could get you know a little bit so she got this game for me and i played it all the time when i was homeschooled and it's a great game to sort of play all the time because it's different morning, noon, and night. Um, and there's just different events that happen throughout t- the year. But to answer your question, I think my favorite thing to do was just to talk to the villagers and mm. just like hang out by the river and fish and like just walk around town. Something that I do think is a strong point of this game is the villagers have pretty distinct identities. Um, a lot of characters are very rude to you mm-hmm. in this game, which is not something that you often see yeah. um, in games. And they're the most rude in the GameCube version. They get much softer and nicer and kid-friendly in future installments, but I think that's what makes the GameCube version the best. Okay, so you think this one is the best? This oh, is your favorite? yeah, undoubtedly. I don't okay. even think that's an unpopular opinion. Okay, all right. Yeah, I wasn't even clear really where the rankings were, but yeah, yeah to, to your point, like, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wanted to try out the letter writing mechanic because that's like a big part of this game. And so uh, I noticed that Monique, one of my cat characters, was storming around with little storm clouds over her head mm-hmm. and she wasn't ready to calm down or talk to me. So I'm like, all right, this, I'll try this out. So I wrote her a letter. I wrote, feel better. And then I went to the post office and I mailed it. And the next day I found a letter back from her and it says, I'm sorry, but your phrasing here is incomprehensible and uh, I don't want to talk to you. Try using smaller words next time. Right. Yes. Yeah, such a dick. And like, I don't know. I'm like, all right, I, I know now. How I'm not going to write letters. How is that letter mechanic supposed to work, Michaela? Like, what's the point of mailing something to... Does it do? She I gives, the shrug think, does not work I, in the podcast sorry. format. I honestly <laughs> think it's random because you could write a really nice, really flowery letter and get the same response. Um, and you could write, fuck you, bitch, and then get like, oh, Michaela, thank you so much for writing me that letter. Which, fun fact, since I bought this game from eBay, it had letters already in my inventory. And that is how I learned my first curse words. <laughs> Someone had written like, fuck you, C word in a letter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do those words mean? Yeah. Whoa. Really fun, really fun uh, educational moment. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things this game has is that it has a bunch of original NES games mm-hmm. uh, locked inside the code that you can play. So yeah. you can buy these at the store or you can trade them for people. There's other ways. But uh, most of the games you get here were launch titles for the NES. So you have Baseball, Balloon Fight, Clue Clue Land, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong Jr. Math, my favorite, Donkey Kong Jr. 3, <laughs> Excite Bike, Golf, Pinball, Tennis, and the other two random titles were Punch-Out and Wario's Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could also unlock playable versions of Ice Climber and original Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. but that would require a little peripheral called the e-reader. Let's talk about the e-reader. 
This is one of Nintendo's weirdest peripherals ever, I think, and it was also one of their shortest lived. Um, and it was developed partially for use of this game. So the e-reader was basically a little card scanner. Uh, if you haven't seen one of these, you basically just slap it into your Game Boy Advance, and then you scan a series of cards that you had to buy separately. They are, yeah, they're like, so they're literally card with like a code printed on the side, mm-hmm. but it's like, they're like microchip painted dots on the side. Right, yeah. And so, for example, they had NES games built into these, and it would take, I think, Donkey Kong Jr. is, you have to slide five of these cards through the e-reader. And you have to uh, that slide like them typical, yeah. very precisely. Like, it was very easy for them to misread the card. And were these, like, playing card level thickness? Like, would these bend and crinkle and, like, be unusable? Yeah, they're about a Magic the Gathering. Thickness, okay, yeah. Like, a little more than, you know, a bicycle deck. But. So they aren't necessarily made to endure. Um, in, in the U.S., uh, e-reader cards have one of five uses. All right, so you could either unlock NES games or bonus patterns in Animal Crossing. Uh, it would unlock bonus levels in Super Mario Advance, which or whichever one was part Advance three. Four, right? So Very it was Mario three. Mario Advance four. four is Super Mario Brothers three. Yeah, that always confuses me the way they did that. Um, it opens up unique trainer battles in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, you could unlock original Game and Watch games, and you could add some mini games to one of the Mario parties. I forget which one. Uh, and that's really all we got over here. The peripheral didn't really gain much traction with gamers. Uh, they found it confusing and overly complicated. Uh, it required a link cable to use. And it was because it was mostly useful for like linking things from the Game Boy Advance to so the GameCube. So if you want to unlock additional levels in Mario Advance 4, you have to link cable to another Game Boy. Yeah. Then put the e-reader in that Game Boy so you can scan it there and transfer it over to your Mario Advance 4. So you need two Game Boys, an e-reader, and a link cable to get an additional level in what was then a, like a 15-year-old game. Right, it was, yeah. It, it was. They, I think they wildly overestimated how much kids would enjoy playing with this. So support for this dried up within, I think, 12 months, less than that. Like, it, it was off the market before you even realized Another it. Another random funny e-reader story. I was looking through old Nintendo Powers, and mm-hmm. I found, like, an advertisement with an e-reader card in it for Pokemon Ruby. Oh, yeah. Where you could take a Aurora Fairy. It was the Aurora Fairy ticket, and you could take this to go get Legendary Pokemon. I scanned it, got Legendary Pokemon, and then sold that card on eBay for, like, 50 bucks. Hell, yeah. So Look at that. that. Good awesome. good digging through old Nintendo oh, Powers. Nice. That's great. Um, but the link cable is something we should talk about because that yeah. was a more successful peripheral, I think. And they they used it for some cool things. I think, like, one of the Zeldas let you use so it as it, a menu the screen. The link cable is kind of a misleading term because mm-hmm. the link cable refers to the thing you would use to connect multiple Game Boys. This was like a GameCube to GBA adapter. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but that, This it, is what got you to the island. Right. So the, in, in this game, you could use it by you plug your Game Boy in and then you go to the end of a pier and talk mm-hmm. to a guy named Cap'n. Cap'n. Who's a, he's and a frog, he, right? Yeah. yeah. And he, well, I don't know if he's a frog, but oh. he sings you a sweet song on your way to the island. Yeah. And so everyone maybe has their own. Turtle, maybe. Oh, maybe he's a turtle. Yeah. Everyone has their own unique island, though, mm-hmm. that's going to have its own special fruit mm-hmm. uh, that you can bring back and mm-hmm. sell. Yeah. You'll have a little beach house there that you can decorate. Um, so it's kind of a cool little extra feature to have yeah, in this. I had that. That was another thing I really liked doing was just um, taking the boat back and forth because the songs were always really nice so you, to listen to. You didn't need the e-reader for that. You just no, needed you just to connect the, the Game Boy the Advance. Game Boy Advance. There's also a weird feature where I think you can download these NES games from the GameCube version to your Game Boy Advance and mm-hmm. play them on that, mm-hmm. which we didn't quite get to yet, but yeah. we were 
It, the problem with all this NES stuff is it was like very C-level NES games. These were not, no one's clamoring to play Clue Clue Land, really. Yeah, no one remembers that game. Um, yeah, I think they could have been a little more generous with the titles they use. I think that's why they threw in uh, Punch Out and like Legend of Zelda exists in the code, but like. They never released they're away. Giving, they're not giving that away. Oh, There's no. No, no, no. I think they were planning on maybe that being an e-reader release someday, but that never came around. So it's kind of in there, but you just can't really access it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the multiplayer here, because this is a really interesting approach to multiplayer. So you can start your own village, and you can have up to four different people using that same village. So if you and, like, three friends want to play this game, mm -hmm. you can each have your own village uh, on the same game, yeah. which is kind of a cool idea to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can just choose which one you get. So you can leave notes for each other on the bulletin board. Can you? You can give gifts to each other, send yeah, letters. Yeah. Um, so that's a really cool way to like communicate. So it's not simultaneous multiplayer. And I can imagine if you came from a family with like lots of siblings, you'd all be fighting over who gets to play Animal Crossing at a given yeah. time. But it's a nice idea if people can play nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a friend um, who played this game with her brother, and her brother is now, like, off traveling the world, but she still plays the game that they had together. So the villagers will, like, mention her brother and, like, say mean things about <laughs> him, and she'll, like, take pictures of it and send it to him. That's so that's really cute. Yeah. That's really cute. Oh, yeah, we should mention, I don't want to let you get off the hook here, Michaela. Mm. There's a journal in this oh, game. Oh, no! <laughs> and uh, uh, young Michaela was uh, very diligent about filling in that journal. Yeah, which is bizarre, because I had to, like, click every letter individually so it must have taken me a long time but yeah when I went into my old town I went upstairs of my house and after killing all the cockroaches I opened up my journal and I had <laughs> entries for every month and they were written from me in like fifth grade and they were just like today was the spring fair in this in the Animal Crossing and and I re redecorated my house with new wallpaper and I'm making my house a new theme and just written like I was my character in that's the game. That's great. That's amazing. I, I kind of love that that's, it's like this little time capsule that you got to dig up yeah. and see that. Like, I mean, I've lost my like actual real physical journal, so it's oh, nice yeah. to have. Yeah, it's nice to have this one. This one will never go away. Exactly. <laughs> this will be the last remnant of humanity <laughs> is your journal with all its spelling errors. Yeah. But hey, I don't man, even blame you for spelling errors. I was error. 11. It was hard to type on those things. It is. It's hard to type on these. Theme is a difficult word to spell. It could be spelled in many different ways. <laughs> like T-H-E-A-M is definitely a valid option. Option. Yeah. yeah, I don't see why not. Mm -hmm. uh, so this one also has a weird uh, traveling mechanic, which we couldn't quite get to work. There was something going weird with my mm -hmm. uh, memory card, but why don't yeah, you tell so us a little I, bit about this? I did this. It's coming to my memory now. Um, I made two different towns on two different memory cards. I called the other one Your Town, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I traveled to it. And all it basically gets you is you can go to your friend's town and like look around and steal their fruit and stuff. Um, and then that fruit is worth more when you come back and, and visit their villagers and things like that. Can we uh, uh, make another village called Our Town and uh, just have a narrator? Your character's was, name is Narrator. I was also picking my brain for a Thornton Wilder joke, and you got there first. I win the battle of biggest dork. <laughs> that's awesome, though. Okay, I think that's cool. So, I mean, every, you can go explore everyone's layout. There, you're limited in what you can do, but you can bring stuff home, right? Yeah. You can bring different yeah. fruits and, and vegetables home. You have to be able to bring fruits back. Yeah, yeah. But you can't, like, that's get... also how they get diseases, though, in your town, right? Oh, no. oh yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah. They yeah. can't, no. Passes uh, uh, border, yeah, uh -oh. yeah. Um, 
Yeah. All right. Let's um, talk a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Just one thing. I didn't know if we were going to touch on this, um, but the trading mechanic. Oh, so yeah. Tell me about like this. This is like a BFD. So there's this website called Animal Crossing Community, which is basically was like Reddit before Reddit existed for Animal Crossing. Wow. And it and I was very active on it. My <laughs> username is Gamer Girl, and I logged into my account the other day. And, ooh, ooh, so many memories. Anyway. It, it Wait, was were a, you the first username Gamer Girl? Yeah, it's Gamer Girl with no numbers. Wow. Somebody must. Know. Somebody might steal that. Two or... capital Gs. Um, but basically, they had. That'd be fake. That's fake Gamer Girls. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's literally there's like there's a black market for uh uh profile names for usernames oh, so if if you got into a platform early and yeah. like got, have a cool name like just like steve with no numbers or anything mm-hmm. then people will pay a high price Ooh, for that so there's a black market it. yeah yeah um so anyways, it has these systems, this Animal Crossing community, and there were different like jobs. So I worked for this, I don't know how to describe it, but like this company where I was a trader. Mm-hmm. So there's basically in Animal Crossing, you can trade furniture with other people if you get a specific code for that furniture. And it's a super long code. It's a string of like 20 different random letters and numbers. It's like double the size of a Wi-Fi password code, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I would trade stuff with people and give, st- and like, I was like, uh, it was like I was an eBay seller or something because people can leave you feedback and be like, this was a great trader. Every, all this trade went smoothly, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, like 10 and like on my computer trading furniture to random strangers on the internet and trying to like do a good job and stay hired at my fake job where I traded Animal Crossing furniture. So That's yeah, amazing. There's, that, there's that little tangent. But, yeah. <laughs> So I mean, there's a there's a quite a diversity of things you can do in here. I guess I should. This is definitely a make your own fun type of game. Right. Like the actual core mechanics of what you're doing, I don't think are particularly engaging. But there's but... just so much to do. There's also like the turnip stock market. Every Sunday, there's a turnip man who shows up, and the prices are different every Sunday. So you can buy low and sell high during the week, and they sell for different prices every day. And there's like Sahara who shows up with like rare rugs. Wow. And there's like this guy who sells rare art, but sometimes it's like counterfeit art. I don't know. I feel. I just feel like there's a lot to uncover. No, I, I agree. There is a lot to uncover, but I think all of it is dependent on you sort of getting intrinsic joy from seeing your bell count go up or uh, decorating your house. Mm-hmm. And those are not things that sort of keep me going in a game. Well, but... me neither. I don't think those were the things that I was excited about. Like, I don't think my goal was ever to, like, make a lot of money or decorate my house because, as we saw, my house was not that decorated. <laughs> yeah. You had I... a lunar lander in it. Yeah, but I just got that yesterday. Oh. <laughs> um, I think my goal was to just like the more you like dig into the game, the like it never felt stale to me because yeah. there were just always new things to read from my villagers and new holidays and new interactions to see. I feel like the thing about Animal Crossing is like you get really excited about when new mundane things happen. Yeah, and I get like this is a series. I think I'm on the same page. It's always kind of eluded me. I've tried to play it before. Mm-hmm. I, I think it suffers a little bit in the early going, I think, because, uh, you know, all the Tom Nook stuff is basically a tutorial and it's mm-hmm. walking you through the mechanics of the game. And I just found it. I don't know. I just found it kind of drab. There's a lot of text boxes you need to click through. And then like one of his missions is to go say hi to everybody in the town. But he doesn't mm-hmm. tell you how many people are in the town or like. How do you, so so I kept going back to trends like, okay, I'm done. It's like, nope, you didn't find everybody. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, where the fuck am I supposed to go? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then once it breaks down, it's like, all right, so my goal is to pay off this debt. So I'm just hustling. I'm, I'm gathering shells. I'm gathering fruit. I'm doing things like that. And now I'm done with that. And I don't feel a whole lot of forward momentum, which I think is a game like a similar game like Stardew Valley, which we've referenced a lot on here. I think that does have more of a sense of momentum than Animal Crossing does. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helps bridge the gap a little bit for me with this style of play, but still keeping me engaged. Um, and maybe that is just dumb boy gamer brain. And maybe I'm just too used to like jumping on turtles and stuff, but cause this does kind of require you to rewire your brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you have to think about it in a different way than you do usual games. It's interesting that you mentioned the beginning because when I think of my memory of playing this game, the, the Tom Nook part, like the tutorial part is like half of a percentage mm. of my gameplay experience just because of like how much I played the game and how, far back that was like I got through that and then I've just kind of forgotten about it yeah so most of my gameplay has been the just living the day-to-day in the game and I feel like it's definitely not a game that you you get you start and you like speed run or you try to win or anything it's just kind of a game that you live in and that's that's a difficult thing too like I I tend to you know, what do you and I are the same way when we play games? It's like we, we want to kind of play it and move on, play mm-hmm. it and move on, like have yeah. a finite finishing point and then move on to the next game because there's a shitload of games out there and we got to try yeah. them all. Uh, so it's hard to it's hard to devote so much time into this one very simple game, as tempting as it may be. Like I, I did find myself getting kind of addicted to it this time, like even though I, I realized I wasn't really doing much, mm-hmm. but I'm like. I want to find more fossils. Yeah, like, it's I'm also like, just really calm. Like, yeah. It's like, especially in these anxious times, I feel like Animal Crossing New Horizons could not be coming out at not, a yeah, time. Yeah, not going to lie. It felt great to just escape <laughs> into this very peaceful little yeah, world for a bit. it's extremely peaceful and calm, and the music is nice, and it's not so peaceful that, especially the GameCube one, that you, like, fall asleep because yeah. the villagers are kind of mean and have a little bit of an edge to them, which that keeps things maybe a little bit lively and or at least have character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's extremely like um, anxiety relieving. Yeah. No, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think I've I've come away from this playthrough this time, and I've been kind of picking at it for the last couple of days, trying to get my village going. Mm-hmm. And I really, really appreciate everything that this series really does. It's really creative. Uh, it's kind of unlike anything else. I think I'm probably going to pick up New Horizons when Ooh. it comes out because I, I want to see how it's evolved. And what, Are you going to visit my island? I'll visit your island, sure. But ah. I mean, like, I, I feel like the mechanics that are here really need some evolution. Like, the interface is really clunky. Uh, you have a very so small... Wait, inv- do you get to expand you... your inventory? Yeah. Okay. No, no, not no. in this game. No. Have you not played any other Animal Crossing games no. between here and... Whoa. This is it. This is it. Yeah. Well, they, they, they improve each one. Okay, I mean, okay. Obviously. I mean, yeah. you would hope. So yeah. it is worth talking yeah. about here. You have about 12 slots in your inventory, Not 15 at the and most. And plus the letters, if you use the letters. Oh, yeah, and you yeah. have to carry, you basically need to carry around a shovel and a fishing pole almost all times. And a net. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so basically, it's you're just spending a lot of time, like, picking up 10 shells and then <laughs> yeah. going back because mm-hmm. yeah. your inventory is full. Another inspiration from Diablo, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, I think I'm going to keep picking at this for a little bit. I just kind of, I am curious to just see how it's going to evolve, and I want to see some of these other mechanics you've talked about mm-hmm. come into place. Yeah, um, new characters come and go. I mean, Isabel's not even introduced until New Leaf, Yeah, if that gives you any idea. But there's Blathers, or not Blathers, but uh, Brewster, mm. who, like, is the coffee guy, and he's, <laughs> all he does is, like, guy. yeah, all he does is, like, serve you espresso, and you drink it, and you're like, ooh, hot, and that's it. That's Woo. all he does. That's oh, great. That's great. 
Oh, well, let's talk a little bit about the sequels. Um, so Animal Crossing, it, it had a long and prosperous life. Uh, it's been really uh, popular consistently. There's been an Animal Crossing for pretty much every Nintendo system since the debut, except for Game Boy Advance. Um, the first sequel is Animal Crossing Wild World, and that hit the Nintendo DS in 2005. Yeah, good um, Is that one good? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 2008, the Wii got Animal Crossing City Folk, which that I think sucks. was... Yeah, I heard that one was less popular. <laughs> Uh, the 3DS got the highest selling game in this mm-hmm. entire series, New Leaf. That sold about 12 million copies. Mm-hmm. And New Horizons, which is coming out next week, is on track to beat all of those sales. It's already super, super hyped, more than any other Animal Crossing oh. game I've seen. Oh. And the Switch is, everything on the Switch is selling like hotcakes right I now. I feel like the hype is so real because it's been such a drought between yeah. New Leaf. Like, we got Pocket Camp, um, and I feel like a lot of people who are Animal That's Crossing fiends. That's the mobile fiends, game? Yeah, have um, mm-hmm. the Pocket Camp game, and then there was that really shitty Amiibo Festival and Happy Home Designer, which I've heard isn't actually that shitty if you care about interior design but that's kind of like the whole game right happy home design is just the game and you just decorate a house yeah and in the amiibo festival one we were looking at it like uh that's for the wii u and it's like a mario party knockoff where uh you have to play with amiibos Mm -hmm. i bought the game with two animal crossing amiibos attached for three dollars uh they were just they couldn't give these things away it bombed so bad no one wanted to play with it uh, so yeah, that, and I think that might be the reason why we don't see more amiibo based games now, even though that would be really awesome to see. Well, also it's on the Wii U. Oh yeah. It was on the Wii U, which didn't, couldn't have helped anything. Yeah. Wii rank, U exclusive is I deadly. Can I rank them? Yeah. You want to rank okay. them? Should I start at the top or the bottom? Start at the bottom and work your way to the top. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like Drake did. Yes. Uh, I think the bottom, even though I never played it, would probably be amiibo festival. Okay. From everything I've seen. <laughs> Um, and then City Folk, the one for the Wii. Okay. I don't know why it sucks, but it, it does suck. Like, okay. the music is bad, and the layout is different. It and... seems like a very annoying thing to try and play Animal Crossing with a Wiimote. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Because you don't want to use motion controls, and, like, there's just not enough buttons. No. Yeah, yeah it's not good, which is a bummer. Um, and then maybe Wild World. Only because New Leaf improved so much of the things that Wild World was trying to do. Okay. So then New Leaf. I know that New Leaf is a lot of people's first and or favorite Animal Crossing game. So yeah. pay my respects to New, New Leaf. New Leaf was my first and last Animal Crossing <gasps> game. Was it? Okay. I got so you it never for free like as a Nintendo <gasps> Rewards program and I played it for twenty minutes and I'm like, oh. Okay. All right. All right. Twenty minutes. All right. So this this time with the GameCube one was your first time with this one or have you played uh, it before? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. How did they okay. Do you like the GameCube one more? Maybe? I don't like any no! of these games. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair. Yeah. That's it's fair. Fine. You know, it's fine. it is it's fine. Sorry. And so then, uh, and then pocket camp. Oh, that's my, that's my hot take. And then the GameCube one. Okay. Cause I, I tried pocket camp a little bit when it came out and it was just kind of rough and, but I heard it's improved a lot. I, yeah. I felt the same way, but now it, it's, it's much better. I feel like there was an update that made things not suck. Um, yeah. And it's, it's... <laughs> it was known as the not suck patch. <laughs> the not yeah. suck patch. And it's great. It's really held over a lot of appetites in this dark time absolutely mm-hmm. and they've also been dropping in between this drought like there's the animal crossing level in the new um smash game and there's the animal crossing track in the new uh, mario kart game yeah which have kind of been little morsels isabelle and villager are both in the mario it's, kart eight now. animal crossing has definitely earned his place as one of the big nintendo franchises yeah which is, which is impressive since so many of them it's a lot newer than most of them yeah I, I want more games like this. I do. I think it's really cool, and I love how it's opened up. Like, it's not necessarily for me. It's not necessarily something that draws me in particularly, but 
I do think it's really charming. I think it's really clever, and I, I want to see more. I think this is a great like way to introduce people to video games, and um, I think yeah. it could have been a great Nintendo 64 game as well. Yes, I think yeah. if we had gotten the Nintendo 64 Animal Crossing, it would have been a total total classic the oh, way yeah. that the GameCube one is, being as it's basically the same game. Basically the same game, mm-hmm. yeah. I was really, I mean, not surprised, but it was interesting to hear that it was mostly female developers. Yeah. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I also wonder, for games like this and Stardew Valley, for how popular they are, how we don't have, like, a million knockoffs, like the way that there are some so many knockoff card games. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a lot of, there's probably a lot more content here than, you know, init- than it seems, at least to me initially, like, and most of it is like a lot of your time is just spent writing. Yeah. And like giving lots, of, lots of different dialogue to characters and things like that. So it's just sort of clear that there was a lot of love and time put into the game. Whereas with a cart racer, <laughs> you're just like, all right, we made 16 tracks. We got some characters. Like it's much easier to just kind of throw it out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome, guys. Thank you for talking about Animal Crossing Thanks with me. I'm excited. Sorry for freaking out. No, no, no. I'm glad we're. I'm. I'm glad to have you here to help guide this. this would have been because, a very, uh, very short podcast if it had just been Steve and I. Like, see, I could do the research, but you lived it, man. You were there. You were there. So, thank you, everyone. If you're hearing this, you are one of our wonderful Patreon supporters. And uh, also, if you're listening to this now, you have one day left to vote on the poll for the next Beyond sixty four game. Uh, as a refresher for the games on there, we will be choosing between one of the following: either a Hat in Time, which is a three D throwback platformer. Uh, Ninja Gaiden Black, which is a fantastic update of the Ninja Gaiden reboot. Crazy Taxi, the classic Dreamcast arcade game. Ninja Bread Man, a piece of Wii shovelware that uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm excited to play. I like terrible. Wii shovelware? Yes, yes. It's like, basically when they, anybody could put anything on the Wii. Uh, and, speaking of knockoffs. Yeah. yeah. Then we have uh, Star Fox 2, the long-delayed SNES sequel. And finally, we have Def Jam Fight for New York, maybe the best wrestling game ever made. I would say best wrestling game ever Certainly made. Certainly the best rappers killing each other game ever oh, made. Oh, no, no question. No question. Um, so get on uh, uh, patreon.com slash ultra64pod and vote on those if you haven't yet. And uh, then we will see you in two weeks when we play whatever you guys choose. So thank you, everybody. Thank you again, Michaela, for your expertise. Uh, Always lovely to have you. And gamer girl. Yes, gamer girl. G-U-R-L. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.